You're just out here just saving just to save. You're not really being intentional with that money outside of saving. That money needs to have a purpose. It needs to have a meaning. It needs to be going towards something in your life, either your retirement or funding, right? Funding your retirement or funding your business, your next business venture, something. The money needs to have a purpose instead of just sitting inside the bank. It needs to be working so we can create more money. This can't be it. There has to be more. Wait, am I crazy? No. If you're yearning for more and working hard to make your dreams a reality, then you're in the right place. Welcome to Dreamcatchers. It's the only show committed to helping you self-actualize and then transcend, leaving you with the legacy you've always desired. Listen in on conversations with successful philanthropists, entrepreneurs, and founders every week as we connect with them for inspiration, education, and direction. Your host, Jerome Myers, is here to help you exit the matrix and transform into a leader of your own revolution. The question is, do you believe your dreams should be real? Hey, everybody, welcome to the Dreamcatchers podcast. I'm your host, Jerome, and I've got my longtime friend. I feel like we're over 20 years in the making. Deron Chandler in with me today. My brother, how are things in Chester? I guess it's Richmond, but it's kind of like North Chesterfield. Virginia, man. How are things going on in the VA? Oh, man. Things are going well. Family just stepped out again to the playground, so I have a quiet house and we can take advantage of that. But yeah, things are going well. Everybody's growing and being happy. It's good for man. me. These are the things that are supposed to happen in the summer. So yes. recently, you launched Chandler Prosperity Group, right? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Chandler yes, sir. Prosperity Group. What is the mission, man? What are you launching now? What are you setting out to accomplish or achieve? Oh, man. So with Chandler Prosperity Group, I'm setting out to help as many people as I possibly can fit into a, kind of a bucket. So many people that fit into this realm that I'm in to help them reach their goal of prosperity. Right. So along my journey, I've reached my goal of prosperity. I've realized that some of the things that I've done is uncommon and I can what I've learned along the way can help a lot of people. Right. Make a lot of people happier, make a lot of people richer, make a lot of people live, live a better life. So I'm looking to spread that word to all the people out there in the world that I can. So it, does prosper or prosperity have a meaning for you particularly? Uh, so along, along the way, uh, I didn't recognize this, but as we were going through the journey, because Jerome was on this journey with me, as we were going through the journey, we recognized that the word uh, prosper or prosperity, we'll, we'll stick to just prosper, had some meaning to it. So we develop the prosper principles. If we have a second, I can run through them. I can run through them really quickly. We can run through the Man, prosper the principles. prosper principles. You got to give us the jewels, baby, because I've never yeah. heard about the prosper principles. I listen to a lot of content, right? I read a lot of books, but nobody's ever said the prosper principles. All right. All right. So look, along my journey, these are the, these contain a lot of the lessons that I've learned. So this is this right here, the prosper principles is going to help a lot of people out. All right. So. The first is the P. You have to perceive your dream, right? Short, if I go into mine real quickly, my dream was to see more money in my paycheck. Then the R in prosper is your reasons. You have to connect with your why behind your financial spending, your financial decisions, right? So you had to understand why you were spending the money where you were spending it. The O was observe. You have to do a financial audit. That's That's my point. I do a financial audit for you in the observe point. But the observe is where you... Sit down and you actually look at your finances. One of the words or one of the sayings I like to say is you get intimate with your money. Right? You get to get in there and you learn. You get to know your feelings and how they impact your spending and how that impacts your household, how it impacts the way you're living your life right now. 
after we after we observe your finances, we systematize, right? So that's our that's the essence prosper. You go through and you figure out what decisions that you are making financially can be kind of be set on autopilot, or what can be taken out of your uh, financial decisions on a daily basis, or a weekly basis, or a monthly basis. From the systematization, you create the next P, which is your program. This is where we are reinstalling what you learn about uh, financial decisions and money back into what you want it to be, where you want to go in life. So we install a program for it. We set you to go forward with the financial plan that we work on together, and we set you free with that. Then from there, one of, the, one of my favorite things is the E, and it's established the gap. If you heard me talk about anything, you always heard me talk about the gap, the difference between your income and your expenses. And this is where we sit down and we figure that out and we dig deep. We figure out if you have a skill set that allows you to make money, make more money, I should say, than what you have right now to create a greater gap. Or maybe you have to go grab some quick skills out there to help you create that gap between your income and expenses. As we all know, once you establish that gap, that's where the magic happens. That's where all the beautiful things in your life start to change. Because now you're not butted directly against your actual expenses with your income. And after that, you realize your goal. You focus on it and you capture it. And that's the R, it prospers. And that's the prosper principle. That gets you there, that establish some financial security, some financial clarity. It's three, it's a threefold time frame that I like to call it there. So we have a creation phase, an allocation phase, and an actualization phase. When you go through the profit principles. <laughs> All right. So the first phase, I, I'm going deep, Jerome. Did you keep going right here? I mean, Man, I you on a roll, brother. I hope they All got right. the notepad out. They probably burning up the pencil right now. Now, Come on. All right. All right. So you got the creation phase, the allocation phase, and the actualization phase. So you, you heard me mention some of these words as I, dis, as I discussed the profit principle. But the first phase in the creation phase, right? So creation phase, you perceive the dream. You know what you want to go after. You know what you want to achieve financially. You know your reasons in the, in the, you learn your reasons if you don't know them in the creation phase, right? The allocation phase, we start getting into, it's kind of a transition period into the allocation phase. We start to observe your money and that's where you can start figuring out where to actually place your money to achieve the goals that you have in the creation phase, right? Then from there, you got your systemization. That's also a part of the allocation. You have your programming that's also a part of the allocation. So the allocation phase, you're creating a system, you're putting it together. So when you go through the cycle of achieving, finding your dream, setting yourself up, achieving your dream, you can go back through. But all you really have to do after a while is just keep going through the allocation phase over and over. And then you just keep hitting the actualization phase. That's when you establish the gap. So now you have extra money in your finances. And then you realize, prosper principle, and you actually achieve that goal with your actualization phase. That's when you achieve the dream. You fund the business. You fund that emergency fund. You take your family on that trip. You purchase that sports car. Whatever it is, you actually get it. You add, that's the actualization phase. So that's the profit principle, profit principles, and then the phases that you go through inside the profit principles. That's the program right there. I'll hold it. <laughs> man, man. So look, there's a whole lot of theory out there. Does this stuff actually work? Yeah, I've used it. I've used it over and over. And the, so the great thing about me is that I went through and looked at a lot of the items that were out there. Right? Uh-huh. A lot of the programs that were out there to help people get to their financial goals. One of the things that I realized that they didn't discuss was the feelings of money. 
right? So your emotions come with money, right? The things you learn from a childhood, in, things you in your childhood that impacts you as an adult that you didn't unlearn and you're either repeating it unconsciously or consciously, right? So we try to address that because a lot of that's not talked about. You have to unlearn some things to get yourself to the goal that you want to get to, right? Uh, <laughs> you messing with me, bro. You, <laughs> you messing with me. What do you mean? Emotions and money, those things are tied? Those things, those things are directly tied together. It's, it's like from your, your childhood. From your childhood. It's like, it's like you're dying in your emotions. A lot of times we tend to eat our feelings. A lot of times we spend our feelings, right? We, we're out there searching and we're spending money for things that are, we're looking for fulfillment. We're looking for fulfillment for somehow to plug a gap, plug a hole for something that happened to us in our childhood, in our teenage years that we're searching for. So we start spending money in that area, but it's not really plugging that hole. Right. Ooh. So it kind of kind of goes into the psychology of money. Right. If you're not plugging that hole, but if you take the time to learn about that hole and why you have that hole and then how you can actually patch that hole up, then you're not dumping money into that hole. That money can be allocated to other areas in your life. You can spend it towards achieving some of your financial goals or even some of your real fulfillment goals that you have now as an adult. Man. So most times when people start talking about budgeting or getting their finances in order, people cringe. They're like, oh man, it sounds like I'm going on a diet. You have talked about this thing called selective extravagance. And you've coupled that with this principle around understanding what truly makes you happy. Can you explain these two concepts and why they're so important for folks who are trying to find that extra money in their paycheck? Oh yeah, so one of my favorite, one of my favorite things to talk about is selective extravagance. So, for a lot of people, when you when you start to discuss budget and money, they, they treat it like religion. And in, in the early parts of religion, you you automatically go to the things you can't do. Okay. So, people start thinking about, oh, I got a budget, then I can't do this anymore, or then I can't do that anymore. So, the way we like to frame it here in the Channel of Prosperity Group is, okay, what do you really like to do? What actually brings you fulfillment? Right. So we start looking at the things that are outside of your core budget. So your housing needs, food, things of that nature, things that you're spending money on that outside of that, that you are constantly spending money on, but it's not bringing you fulfillment. Then we try to reallocate that to places that are actually bringing you fulfillment. So for myself, I'm, I'm a fitness guy. I'm also a car guy. So in my story, I sold my car, but then I bought a $3,000 bicycle. Oh, what? Hold on. You sold what car? So as a car guy, I had a Cadillac CTS-V, the very first version, Gen 1, Cadillac CTS-V. So I'm a car guy. I achieved the dream. I had the car. But then I realized I had to sell that to pay off my student loans. But then after I paid off my student loans. You sold the car that you wanted to pay off your student loan? Correct. I I had to make a sacrifice, right? I had to make a sacrifice to get where I wanted to be. But I kept the car, even though the car, I did pay it off early the maintenance and things of that nature wouldn't have allowed me to get where I am right now as soon as I did, right? The goal is to, to shrink that timeline, right? Shrink the timeline as much as possible. So you utilize assets that you have. Mine was a car at the time to pay off my pay off my student loans, which shrunk that timeline of me paying off the student loans for years and years, years until I paid off the student loans. I shrunk that timeline by at least four years by selling that car. You save four years on student loans. By selling the car because of the extra money 
that you found in your paycheck as a result of that? As a, as a result. Of Come on, man. There's people who are, they, they've had their student loans for 30 years and they're going to, they plan on dying with their student loans. And I, I don't think that's the way to go, right? So if, if people that are, we're going to circle back to such an extravagant so yeah, 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 people yeah, that sure. are, for people that are going down that path of, well, they're my student loans. I'm just going to have to pay them and you know, be a part of my life. Think about how much buying power you just gave away. You, you just gave away a lot of your buying power to pay the student loan, no matter what that bill is, right? So in my case, because I, I like to use my case because my case is almost an extreme example, but in my case, or my case might be like right down the middle here. In my case, it was like $600 a month in student loans. If I was to still be paying on the student loans, we wouldn't have been able to afford the house that we have now. We wouldn't have been able to invest the way we did to get us to where we are right now. We wouldn't be able to fund our future the way we are if we were still carrying those student loans. So for people that are a little later in life and they already have the kids, and they already have the house and they already have the car, this might not be for them, right? They might just carry those loans the way on till they meet the maker. But for people that are early in the game, for people that may be from the age ranges of just gone to college, 21, 22, 23, and, and entering, entering their 30s, if you can get rid of those student loans so you can use that money to go towards a purchase of your dream or funding your dream or funding something that you want to actualize, going back to the proper principles, funding funding your major goal. So people, I say people like to fund emergency fund, car, uh, funding a business. If you want to use that, then you can set up a plan to pay off those student loans early so you mm. can actually achieve those goals instead of just having those student loans drag along for the rest of your life. So this is interesting because you're using the word fund. Most people talk about savings. They talk about putting it away or storage, but you said fund. Now, I, I know you're not the traditional financial educator, but is there any intentionality with that word yeah. choice? Yes. Uh, I don't like to use savings because savings never made anybody rich. Ooh. And I like to use fund because you fund investments. You can fund your security. You're using that so you are, it, it puts more action to it, to the actual meaning of savings than it does just saying savings. And I like for savings to have a meaning. So if you're just saving just to save, then what are you doing? Like legit, what are you doing if you're just saving just to save? But if you're funding something, it has a beginning, it has an end, and then you move on to your next goal, right? So like if I'm funding my, for a lot of people, if I'm funding my three-month to six-month emergency fund, I don't use that, I call them financial freedom funds. If, if I'm using that, right, I have a beginning, I have an end. My beginning is probably zero and my end is whatever I calculate as that, that, that expense, right? As my expenses in six months, three months, or whatever time frame I want to put in the Once I reach that, I'm done funding that. I don't have to save money in that anymore. I can now, long as I haven't incurred any, incurred any anything that will upset my financial balance, I can move along. I can move along to funding something else. I can look to funding my retirement. I can look to funding a home savings plan so I can actually put a down payment on a home, right? So I can, I just increase, I'm increasing my buying power so I can buy a larger home. So then I can have, can create more equity. You can use that equity to do other things along the line, invest more things of that nature. So your funds have a beginning and an end instead of just saving just to save you with no plan for it. All your dollars should have a plan. That's why I just don't call it savings because savings is just, what are you saving? Okay. Now, 
let's get back to the selective extravagance concept yes, because yes, I, yes. I know I derailed it. Yes. And it's one of my favorite topics. So yes. you said you sold your car to pay off the student loans, but then you went and bought a $3,000 bike. Bro, can you explain to me how a bike that's $3,000 is better than the $70 bike I bought for my 10-year-old? If I just go down simple, I have somebody that likes speed, wait. The bike weighs, I don't know how much it weighs, but I guarantee you it's a lot lighter than what you pay for at $70. It's all carbon fiber seat, carbon fiber pedals, carbon fiber handlebars, front fork is carbon fiber, the wheels are carbon fiber. So when I'm out on the trail and I like to ride and I try to what's called rip people's legs off, that's when people try to ride behind you real fast to get a drive, and they just ride as fast as I can, then they can't keep up and it creates a gap, right? create another gap. It's because my bike is lighter. My bike is light, so I'm not pushing that much weight around. A lot of the weight that I'm pushing around is my own body weight at that point. So, and the quality of construction and things of that nature that goes into it. The actual group sets for people that rise, you know, your group set, what you use to change your gears. Like if you're using Shimano or you're losing, what was the other one? DI2, Tram Red or something like that. If you're using the high-end group sets to change your gears and things of that nature, that, that stuff costs money. Weight reduction and actually uh, performance of the bike. That's when you start getting up. Now, for the people that cycle that may listen to this, a $3,000 bike, that's low end. That sounds oh. crazy. But that's, yeah, that's low end. It's bikes that are available for consumers, like regular consumers, not racers, regular consumers that can upward of $15,000. Back to the conversation, I am the guy that sold my car to get the $3,000 bike to put on the back of my $800 car because the adventure and the fulfillment that I was looking for was more related to me being out of my bike in D.C. on the many deepest trails that I actually live in Washington, D.C. in the area. Many of the trails in that area, I found fulfillment in doing that on every Tuesday, Saturday, and Sunday. So I spent my money there. That's what brings me. I still ride to this day. You put your money into something that was going to bring you fulfillment in a way that you couldn't get from the car when you compared it against. Because this is just out resource allocation at the end of the day, right? All right. So selective extravagance is getting clear on what really makes you happy or brings you joy and then only investing it in that versus exactly. having a bunch of clutter around you, things trying exactly. to fill the holes in your soul or justify why you're doing the thing that you do that makes you feel worse about your life. This is exactly. fascinating. It's, it's the equivalent of you shooting shotgun birdshot, which is a bunch of small pellets at your life trying to fill the holes. And then you knowing what you're shooting at. And then you're shooting a single round of two, two, three, five, five, six for the gun people. So you're shooting a single round to something because you know what you're trying to fulfill. You have the idea, you have it zeroed in. You're not just shooting birdshot at it. Like, I hope this fulfills me. No, I know this is going to fulfill me. Let me fill this hole. Let me do this. Got it. Okay. So... You help because most people don't want to ever deal with that stuff because that, that gets a little messy. So you help people figure out what really makes them happy or is does the when you go through their spending, do you get an indication of what is happy for them? Exactly. Once you go through somebody's spending, you can learn a lot about it, right? So once you sit down and start going through the debit card, you go through your debit card statements, you go through the credit card statements, and you see where they're allocating their money every month, every single month where money is going to, you, you can start to get a feel of what's making them happy, what's not, and where they're just kind of spending money. Of course, you got to have conversation that goes along with it. So you can kind of get a feel of, okay, are you doing this because it makes you happy or are you doing this because your friends are doing it and you like to hang out with your friends? 
right? And then you, you start seeing the other things in their budget, but okay, I think you might be doing this because it makes you happy. Or talk to me about this spending right here. Well, what were your feelings with this? Because this may be an outlier. Well, what, what, what were your spending? What were your feelings here? What were you trying to achieve? And, and th these are conversations people never have about their money, right? You know, people, and this is where you said it gets messy. People don't want to have to answer to themselves or to others about their money. And they're not answering to me when you talk to me about it. You're answering to yourself, right? <laughs> you're doing this for yourself about where you're spending the money and what you're, try what you're trying to do with your money and what you're trying to fulfill. A lot of people want to unlock their ultimate potential but lack the strategy, support, and stamina necessary to achieve their major goals. They often try to overcome these challenges by trying to do it on their own, causing frustration, fatigue, and eventually failure. We have developed a model for a center life, aka the red pill, to help them bolster their beliefs, gain clarity on their path to success, and provide accountability as they take action on their goals. When they take the red pill, they rapidly accelerate attainment of their goals and begin to experience a life of significance and impact. Want to find out more? Hop over to JeromeMyers.co. Now, let's get back to the episode. So this becomes really intriguing. So when you were going on your journey, because I mean, I feel like you went from negative net worth to something pretty meaningful. And, you know, it's not my numbers to share, but if you at some point want to share the numbers, then I think it's valuable for the audience. But did you notice that you were spending money on things that weren't actually making you happy? You were just doing stuff? Yeah, definitely noticed it. So to share the numbers, I went from negative, I don't know how much, to I just had a meeting with my financial advisor. So it's over $600,000. Right. So I went from you inherited that, to, right? to all good. Huh? Yeah, yeah. Inherited it all. No, it was all through, it was all through investment, right? It was all through making sure I understood what I wanted and setting my sights on it and marching towards it. Right. So that was multifamily investing, working two jobs, making sure that I was doing all my right investing at, at the jobs that I had that offered investing and things of that nature that drove me from negative that was eliminating debt. I was getting focused on what, what fulfilled me. And getting focused on, as a family man now, getting focused on what fulfills the family and just driving my financial goals and my financial actions, because your actions are what pushing you there to get to the 630-something thousand dollars net worth. Somebody gave you that money. Like, so, like you had a rich uncle or something. Come on, bro. What you I, I mean, that, that, that would be nice, but it was working. It was legit working. So and you must have been making six figures for a few decades then. Absolutely not. I didn't start making six figures till around 2020, late 2018 is probably when it happened. So I won't include that because the tax year. So 2019 is probably the time I started making six figures. Come on, man. The average black household has a net worth of about $5,000. What do you mean? You're at 600 plus and you didn't make six figures for decades. Something's, what do you mean? Is, did you use the prosper principles to do this? Absolutely. So my dream was my, my, my P, my perceived dream was to see more money in my paycheck. Why did I want to see more money in my paycheck? Because I didn't want to repeat my childhood on the thing that's seen in my childhood because I wanted to be able to either pass money down or have enough money to live the life that I wanted to live. So we sat down, we being Jerome and I sat down and looked at my money and we observed where I had holes at it, holes in my little budget. So I was like keeping a financial plan or budget at that time systematize it, went through, talked about it, talked about how all that was going to go. Then we recognized, I mean, this, this is one of the good points, and we recognized one of the sharp points, I'm going to say, we recognize where, okay, you can make more money here. 
But one of, one of the things I did, I'm so I'll speak numbers, right? So I'll talk numbers so people will be very clear about. When I started off in corporate America, I was making forty thousand dollars a year, right? Forty thousand dollars a year. I recognize with an engineering degree. With, with an engineering degree, I, w- I was a reporting analyst one for a large for a large justice company. Yeah. Oh. So forty thousand dollars a year. I just started this started logistics company. That was thirty two thousand dollars a year there. Then I moved to forty. So I like to start at 40,000, but making $40,000 a year. And then one thing I recognize is, okay, I can move up in this position. I don't have to gain any other skills. I just recognize that in this position with the knowledge that I have, as long as I do my work as I'm supposed to, I can continue to move up at a close rapid rate, but at a good rate. So I'm not just getting the usual increase in living rates, right? So I'm actually getting a lot more money. I'm getting 10% bumps here. 18% bumps here. So I go from making $40,000 to making $50,000 in a matter of like a year and a half. After a year and a half, I go probably about two to three years where I'm making fifty dollars to $55,000 a year. And I recognize that's not enough. How could I, how can I increase my income from there? I can get enough to get another position in the company with the skill set that I already had. So then at that point, I move because moving would allow me to make more money. I got a roommate, which was my girlfriend at the time. Uh, wife now. I, we move in together so we can cut down on uh, housing costs. And I essentially raised my income by like 21%, right? And, and a few things went up, but it didn't bump up against the 21% raise that I was getting. Then I utilized that money to aggressively pay down my student loans. Then from there, I found other opportunities in the project management area to get other jobs. I moved to another company where I got another like 18% raise. Then I moved to another company where I got like another 12% raise. And that, that's where I'm at now, right? So, and then that moved me to making over six figures a year. But one thing I did skip in there, while I was living with my wife, once I recognized that I was kind of in a place where I'm not going to make much more money at this company, how else could I make more money quickly? I wasn't got a part-time job. We didn't have any kids. It was just me and her. So I had time after five o'clock where five to 12, I could work. So I went and got a part-time job at, at Bose and I sling speakers for four years. I sold speakers and headphones for four years to create more of a gap. Then I utilized that money to invest. Well, I used that money to pay off debt, then to invest and then to secure a financial advisor. Wow. 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 I, I'm just listening to you can talk about growing the top line, right? Growing the income. And then allocating it against the things that were going to lead to the future that you desired. It sounds like there's a little bit of delayed gratification, but more than anything else, it sounds like there's clarity and intentionality. Is that what you think is the secret for people who actually achieve financial independence? Absolutely. Intentionality, right? So I'll focus on that one. If you're just out here, this goes back to the savings. You're just out here just saving just to save. You're not really being intentional with that money outside of saving. That money needs to have a purpose. It needs to have a meaning. It needs to be going towards something in your life, right? Either your retirement or funding, right? Funding your retirement or funding your business, your next business venture, funding your family vacations, something. The money needs to have a purpose instead of just sitting inside the bank. It needs to be working so we can create more money and create more friends like it, more Benjamin Franklin's just like it, 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 it inside the account. So you have to be focused. You have to know what you want. And you definitely have to be intentional. Because if not, you're just kind of flailing around. You, you, you're doing a little bit of this here, a little bit of that there. 
you might get some extra money and pay down some debt, but you don't pay it off. And then things, you, you will get to a point where you're like, wow, I didn't achieve what I wanted to achieve in this time frame in my life. And then becomes disappointing because right? you, people say, don't compare yourself to your friends and, and you probably shouldn't, but you end up doing it eventually, right? Like, like you, you, you end up doing it, right? Even though you don't want to, you end up doing it. And then you're starting to feel like, oh, how did he get, how did he get there? He was being intentional with, 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 with what he wanted in his life. He figured out what he wanted and he started going towards that. If you're not doing it, you will, there will be a moment. There will be a mirror moment where you will look in the mirror and be like, I am such and such age and I don't think I was going to be here. And the only person you can point to is you at that point. So you have to be intentional with your actions. Okay. So there's some people out there who just don't have the knowledge and they're scared to let other people in, right? Because who are you going to talk to? You talk to your parents. If they don't have the financial situation or position that you desire, I think you mentioned this along the way in this conversation, then they're probably not the right person to ask. But we pick up the habits from them because, I mean, we saw what they did and, you know, we monkey see, monkey do. And then there's the friends and, well, you know, it's easy to put your friend on the pedestal and say, oh, well, they make more money than me combined. So, you know, that's why they're in a better financial position than me. But what is it? that you would recommend for the person who's listening to this and they're saying, you know, I, I know I'm not getting where I want to go. I tried to do it myself, but I haven't been successful at it, but I, I just don't know if I'm ready to share this with somebody else. And what do you say to that person that's struggling with that? So this is what worked for me. This is what worked for me when I was at that point. So I always think about this in the manner of, I can't get any further if I don't ask anybody. My knowledge has gotten me to this point, right? It's gotten me to this point and I recognize that my knowledge will not get me further. Do I want to go further? I always check the box. Yes, I want to go further than this point. I need to ask somebody that has either more experience or more knowledge in this area than I do, right? And I, then I go to, because shame kind of comes in comes up in that, right? 100%. So when I go, if I go to talk to a friend that has more to me, I don't want them to look down. But then for me, I always tell myself, well, if they look down on me because I'm coming to them to gain more understanding so I can get further, that's a knock on them and not me. That's a knock, that's a knock on them and not me. Because I'm not shameful in going forward and looking for education. I am not shameful in asking for help. They would be the ones that would be carrying some kind of burden to look at me in a manner of what is the word I'm looking for here? They look to look down upon me because I'm asking for help or to judge me. That's the word I'm looking for. Because everybody's not going to be scared of being judged. For them to judge me for not making as much money. Everybody didn't come up with the same circumstances. Everybody didn't grow up in the household I grew up in. Everybody didn't grow up in the household that you grew up in. Everybody can learn from different parents and different styles and how they got here. So we all didn't get there at the same person, at the same speed and passion and purpose to get to that point. But for them to judge me once I reach that point or reach a point of asking, that's on them and not me. So I'm not carrying any shame for that, for asking for help. Just I just let them know I'm looking to go further and I need help. I need, this is what I like to call what coaches are for. I need somebody to shrink this timeline because I don't want to bump my head that many times to, to get to where I want to go. I want somebody to kind of put me on the right path. There may be a bump or two on that path, but I don't want to have to continuously bump my head 
but somebody could just put me on the, pretty much the straight line path to get to where I wanted to go. Woo! You said a lot there, brother. You said a it's interesting, man. People worry about being judged all the time, and that holds them back. And I honestly don't know that going to your friends are always the the best option. And so you've created a program to help people who are in this situation, who know, hey, I tried this. It hasn't worked for me. I'm working to take things to the next level, but I, I don't have the resources I need. Can you tell us a little bit about how that works? And I think you're offering the audience a, a free gift of some sort. Audit the audience, if they reach out to me, they can get a, a free audit. That's where we sit down and we talk about your finances. That's probably the one of the hardest parts of this, to get somebody to sit down and look through your finances. I'm a personal life. So I'm offering that to the audience. You can reach out to me at Deron at channelprosperitygroup.com. We can set the time so we can go through it. But as, so the, so the program basically is, it's a seven-week program. It corresponds with the profit principles, right? And each week we dedicate an hour to go through the each principle and what that means to you. So we speak to it in, de in depth. I try to do it as a group. Uh, so I try to get more than one person in it so we can actually go through it together. And this way, uh, people can create bonds and start to be with people with like minds. Because once you reach the point of, I need help, you want to be around other people that, that, that think that way as well. All right. So we try to reach, uh, we try to get a group of like-minded people to go through the seven-week course. We go through the proper principles. Uh, two of the weeks, is like an hour-long single session. So I work with the individuals just one-on-one -on -one just because the nature of the information, we're actually going through their personal finances. So to respect that, I just do like hour-long sessions with the individuals for the, for those two weeks in the principles. Uh, but the other weeks, we, we go through it uh, together as a team. Uh, and then uh, I offer 30-minute um, what I call office hour sessions. So for anybody that is running through any, if they're inside the program, they're running through any other questions that they may have, or they want to tweak their program, or how do I talk to my significant other about this? Uh, I want them to get on board. We talk through things that, of that nature, things of more delicate nature where they just want the one-on-one -on -one attention or need the one-on-one -on -one attention. So seven weeks, two, two, two of the weeks are just our individual sessions, 30 minute office hour with me directly to work through any problem that you have that involves the program. I can't solve everything, but anything that, that involves the program. And on the back end, we ask that you reach back once you've completed it and once you achieved your goal, you reach back and you tell us about it, right? So for, and for people that are, for people that are creating the gap, we ask to reach back so we can, so we like to capture the gap that we're creating, right? So we got a gap thermometer basically. So we want to see how much gap we've actually created with the individuals. And then also I have a personal goal for the people that are looking to create that gap so they can donate it and give it to some of their favorite charities and ask that they uh, tell the amount that they're donating, they don't have to tell the charities, but the amount that they're donating, or maybe they started tithing or something like that on, on the back end of the program. So we can start to see how we're impacting our community by having our finances together. Well, we make it a positive impact with the resources that we have been entrusted with. We're being yes, stewards yes. of the resources. You have to be a great steward of your money. Nobody else will. You have to for your own money. So you said that people can reach out to you at Duran at Chandler Prosperity Group. We'll have that in the show notes and get, is this like a one-on-one -on -one consultation? Like what do the, what happens? Because I imagine so, you're flooded, inundated with requests to get people 
going on this thing? Because I don't know anybody who doesn't feel like they could do better with their finances. I don't know a single person. <laughs> right. So you reach out to me at Duran at channelprosperitygroup.com. We set up a time and then we sit down and we go through, we do the financial audit, right? So we, we get vulnerable. We start talking about your finances. Some people actually, to be honest, some people don't reach it there, right? They reach out to me and they just want to talk. And I'm here for that too, right? You know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm okay with that. So, but the, the free thing, if you want to win, if you want something tangible to walk away with is the financial audit. It's a lot inside of that financial audit that you can walk away with. So, so we, that's we, the we, O, that's the O in prosper, right? The, yeah. You're observing Observe. spending, right? Yep. So Observe, you do the audit. Spending. People might be scared of audit because they, they hear about taxes, but you're literally right. just going through looking at their spending and then asking them like, one, does this represent who you are? And then two, right. is this getting you to where you want to go? Yep. And if those so, things so, are in alignment, then we got to do something, right? Correct. Those, those two questions specifically. Does what are we looking at in your financial spending represent who you are? And does it reflect on where you're trying to go in your life? Right. Start to notice patterns and things of that nature. From our own household, we were going to the grocery store too much. Right. So we started noticing we need to cut down on the times we go to the grocery store. So we need to be better decisions or we need to make better decisions on what we're putting in our diet. Right. So that way we're not always going back to the grocery store. So you, you start to discuss questions like that in, inside, inside the O, inside the observe part of it. And that's the free thing I like to give away. I also like to do it with the financial audit because there's other things I can give away. I can do the financial planner, right? To help you walk through your money. But th that tends to lack follow-up, right? You, you, give some, you give somebody the spreadsheet and tell them you use it for two weeks and then it's still put aside, right? So inside the program, when you start using it, every time you get paid you, and you get ahead of your money, then you start to understand the value of it. With the old, with the observe, getting, getting, getting intimate with your finances, that's something that immediately impacts the person. Like right there at the moment, they start to gain some understanding. If they don't start to gain some understanding, they start to pose the questions to themselves afterwards. And, and that's what they leave with. The, oh, maybe I shouldn't buy this. And maybe I should allocate this money towards this goal because that's what I said I wanted to do. And that's what I want my future to be. I love this, bro. I think this is going to be a game changer for the people who are brave enough to start the conversation. Yeah. Yeah. And you, you, you just, I mean, you basically said I went from negative, I don't know, 70 to 600 plus in less than 15 years, less than 15 years. That's crazy. Yeah. I'm not <laughs> making six figures for the majority of the time. In addition to that. So, I mean, if that doesn't lower the barrier for anybody out there who is wondering if this can work for them, I, I don't know what will, but you, it's been as bad as it gets, right? You, right. So there is no judgment from you, right? Because you said that's yeah. usually people's biggest fears. You know, my friend's going to judge me if I ask them. But you've created this situation where they come into a judgment-free zone and now we're just asking questions to yeah. allow them to decide if they're on the right path. And I, I think the observation is such a great word because if we don't reflect on what we're doing, how will we ever know if we're in, going in the right direction or if we're making progress? Man, sign up for yeah. that audit, man. Sign up for the <laughs> Yes, yes. yes. Uh, the, the website will be up as well. So channelprosperitygroup.com. So if you don't want to reach out directly to me via email, 
channelprosperitygroup.com. You can go to the website. You can find out more information there. Brother Duran, you're a dream catcher, man. You're literally changing the way that wealth is thought about and talked about. And you and your household is a shining example of what is possible for people who are intentional and have clarity about the outcome that they want. You've got options now. And I can't wait for the Porsche GT3 to show up so I can ride in it because I've never been in one before. <laughs> yeah, we, we so uh, the focus has switched from the fulfillment of the bike to now we can go back to a little more. We can go to the lavish fulfillment, uh, a little more extravagant fulfillment of buying a expensive sport car, right? For the work that we put in, right? Because we, we've achieved a lot of our goals. You're a dream catcher, man. Thank I got, you. I, got my, I, keep, I keep my hand on the back of the chair, you know. Man. Keep my hand on the back of the chair. I'm just wearing it like this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. like this while I'm working, but I keep it on the back of the chair, right? It's always, it's always right here with me. You're a dream catcher, my brother. And I think you're going to allow other people to be able to fund their dreams and not just have them, right? Part of making a dream a reality is being able to fund it. And everything that you've described with the Prosper Principles in the three phases of creating prosperity is what I think people need. If they've got a system and they can follow the system and they have a guide, success is almost guaranteed. It really is. It really is. I learned this from having mentors. I learned this from having coaches throughout my just regular career, right? My, my engineering project management career. Having somebody along the way that you can go to that could answer the question, or shrink that timeline. Shrinking that timeline is so valuable because you're not bumping your head along the way on mistakes that they've already made. One thing I learned a long time ago, I probably learned this when I was about 13, a man that can learn from other men's mistake is a smart man, right? So I don't have to make that mistake to know that's not the right thing to do. That man already did it and he told me don't do it. And he explained why I shouldn't do it that way, right? I can go in the direction, the opposite direction, or the or course correct to the right direction so that I'm not making that same mistake and that I'm moving along the path a lot faster, a lot faster, getting there a lot faster, shrinking that time. Holly. Time is life. Time isn't money. Time is life. Brother Duran, thank you so much for joining us on the Dreamcatchers podcast, man. This really excites me. I hope people take advantage of that wonderful opportunity that you've offered to them. Hit up Duran at ChandlerProsperityGroup.com. The link is in the show notes. Until the next time, your dreams should be real. We'll talk soon. Thank you for joining the tribe today. We would love to hear from you. Please don't forget to rate, like, and share. Perhaps someone you know could benefit from what we've discussed. Until the next time, remember that your dreams should be real.